1: Darren Pritchett
3: Hello, friends. Welcome back to Budweiser's weekday sports beat here on WSBT Radio. Greatly appreciate you stopping by on this Thursday, July the 13th of 2023, eight minutes after five o'clock in sunny downtown South Bend, Indiana. Sports Meet Live on 960 AM WSBT. You can also catch us on our live streams at WSBTradio.com. On our WSBT radio app, which is a free download. You can listen to us live. Also, the podcasts are available. And we've got a camera in studio right now filming me. Sorry, not much to look at, but here I am on the Twitch app. We've got two hours of sports beat tonight. The South Bend Cubs are still hibernating. They'll come out of hibernation tomorrow night in Quad Cities. And you can hear South Bend Cubs baseball, of course, all summer long here on WSBT Radio. Coming up on tonight's Budweiser's weekday sports beat are three opening topics and our hat trick of opening topics we will focus on CJ Carr Notre Dame hockey and also Kyle Rudolph the former Irish tight end coming up at the bottom of the hour at 5:30 Brian Smith writer for Bleacher Nation they cover all things Chicago Cubs are the Cubs going to go for the playoffs are they going to do some selling at the trade deadline the deadline this year is August 1st. What does that mean for Cody Bellinger? And Marcus Stroman will also talk about some prospects to watch right now in the Cubs organization. Also later on this hour, we have our Twitter question of the day and the results of yesterday's question. As we move into the 6 o'clock hour, I'm going to do another interview tonight focusing on options for parents when it comes to travel baseball. The other night, we spent some time talking to Mark Haley with the South Bend Cubs travel organization. And tonight, I want to offer you another great opportunity. If you're looking for a place for your youngster to play travel baseball, I highly recommend the Land Sharks baseball program. Their owner, Shane Bays, is going to join me at 615 tonight to talk about his travel program that has been highly successful. Also, let's see. By golly, we will have a little sizzler conversation tonight, our sports wagering segment. No actual wagers tonight because still no Major League Baseball for one more day. But we have some futures to talk about in Major League Baseball. That is part of what's coming up over the next two hours here on WSBT Radio. Let's begin with Notre Dame football recruiting conversation. The quarterback. In the class that will sign in December is from Michigan. You've known about him for a while. CJ Carr committed to the Irish over a year ago. Consider one of the best quarterbacks coming out of high school in this 2024 recruiting cycle. We just had a conversation yesterday. I get a little nervous talking about the star systems the way these recruiting services break down high school players, five-star, four-star, three-star. But for those of you that really get into it, there has been a tiny bit of a controversy surrounding the future Notre Dame quarterback. Now, what's the controversy? Big picture. It's a lot about nothing. But a lot of fans base their opinions on recruits based on the evaluation of services like on three who is tied into our colleagues at blue and gold Illustrated. you got rivals you got 24 7 you got espn everybody has a say in how good these high school players are for cj carr rivals has him as the fourth best quarterback in the class and player number 21 overall high praise Same for 24 7 Sports, the number five quarterback in the country and player number 44, regardless of position. ESPN ranks CJ Carr as the number four quarterback in the class. So those three services are pretty well arm in arm, considering CJ Carr a top 50 overall prospect and a top five quarterback in the 24 class. But there's an outlier. On three, Their evaluation right now is a little different of the future Notre Dame signal caller. On three ranks, C.J. Carr is the 14th best quarterback in the country and player number 91 overall. So big difference compared to the other three services. Now you hear Mike Singer on my program every Tuesday, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I know personally he believes cars should be ranked higher, but it's not his job to come up with the rankings. He offers suggestions. Whether they're taken or not, that's out of his hands. Well, Chad Powers is the On3 Director of Scouting and Rankings. And Chad was a guest of Mike Singer on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel earlier this week because there was such an uproar about the latest numbers that have Carr ranked 14th in the quarterback class and player number 91 overall by on three while as I told you the other services rank him much higher so Mike wanted to get some answers from Chad and help fighting Irish fans understand why Carr's ranked so low by on three so first off here is Charles Power I think I said Chad Powers, Charles Powers, talking about why Carr is only the 14th ranked quarterback in this class, according to on three and player number 91 overall.
4: It's extremely accurate, uh, probably the most polished quarterback in the cycle uh, relative to just, you know, his technique, his accuracy um, and all of that. So, um. So I, I think he's just very, very good, very accurate in, in confined like settings. Um, when when you kind of throw live defenses in, the performance probably I think could get better. Uh, we saw that at the Elite 11. He uh, was extremely good in the pro day. Um, was 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 good in, in drills. When things went to seven on seven, not quite as good. When, when you add DBC to the equation, I think he's a guy who just has a lot of polish, a lot of refinement, and really will benefit from playing. I think he just needs to relax, play, like. Quarterback is a performance craft, and I think that's something where, like, you know, he, I think he'll, like, he could, he, I think he's just going to benefit from playing high school football. That was one thing where, like, I think when it was being talked about that he might reclassify. Like, I'm, I, I think if you look at the reclassification for quarterbacks, it just does not do you favors relative he's, to development. If I recall, like, he's only been playing football for, like, two or three years. Like, he's still actually pretty new to the game. Is that something? Yeah, like- so, so, so I think that was going to help him. Like, and it, it would, like, that's not shocking that you say that, to be honest. Like, Like, but I I think he's, he's really technical. Like the, the, just the polish, like all of that is like the drills are easy for him. I think the biggest thing is just going to be continuing to play, read defenses, re-leverage, handle pressure. Those are all things that that I, that I would like to see him improve on. And I actually thought like he, he showed some positive signs at the end of his junior year. If you look at some of those playoff games he played in. Like they like they might have like I think it was like the one they lost in they I think they were playing like maybe Bryce Underwood's team like he he had a he had a some 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 resiliency and impressive plays in that game so um, I think it's possible he'd come out and play and play really well and if, and if he does he's gonna go up like I, I think that's the case with all those quarterbacks like that's it's it's one of those things where. You know, it's a little hard to predict what's going to happen. Like, you just, I think, have to take it in. We watch it week to week. Like, we'll have a update the first after the first like month or so of the season. But the 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 big one, I think, with the with the quarterbacks in their senior years, is going to be probably the one around like Thanksgiving, and 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 especially the final one too.
3: Also factoring in that Carr's schedule may not be the most challenging compared to other quarterbacks that are being evaluated across the country in this class of 2024. So the follow-up question was to Charles Power, Director of Scouting and Rankings at On3, what does he need to see from Carr to elevate Carr from a four-star recruit to a five-star recruit? Yeah, uh,
4: I I think the biggest thing is just, is just um, like, like performance in kind of these open, like live situations. Um, I, I like, I think, what he shows in, like, the camp setting or, like, uh, a closed, like, on-air setting doesn't necessarily always transfer to when he's playing, like, live defenses. Like, I, I think he shows, like, a little more arm strength and and just conviction, confidence in um, those kind of on-air camp drill settings. And, like, I, I mean, you talk to college coaches who have had C.J. Carr in camp, and everybody gushes about, like, the pure arm talent I just want to see that transfer over a little bit more to the live games and I I think some of it's like confidence I think the more he plays the more confidence he's going to get like like quarterback like I said earlier it's like it's it's like performance craft and I think it's something uh where these like live in-game reps are, are really critical um for for just developing and it's something where I think I think it's the case in college as well if you look at if you look at uh, college, like NFL draft picks who have success, I think there's like a pretty strong correlation between how early they played in college and how, how many like pass attempts and just like the experience they had. Like a lot of guys who are three and out who are one year starters in the NFL really bottom out by the time they're like on, off of their rookie deal. So I, it, it's similar to high school. Like, you know, I, I think a guy like Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence had so many pass attempts in high school and, and he, by the time he got to Clemson, and he, and he also kept getting better. Like, by the time he got to Clemson, he was ready to like he was ready to play in like a national yeah. championship game. So um, I think just with these quarterbacks, you want them to be as good as possible before they like, matriculate to the next level. So that's why I'm like such a fan of these guys like playing their senior years, playing as much as possible. Um, and, and, and we'll sort out the rankings like a, as that happens.
3: So it seems like to sum up. Charles' thoughts on C.J. Carr, he's really impressed with the mechanics of C.J. Carr. He looks the part in drills, but I think Charles needs to see more efficient play of C.J. Carr in actual game situations. I remember last year, Mike Singer was at one of C.J.'s games, and it was A rough one. Had like nine completions, well under 50% completion percentage. So, hopefully that was just one of those odd games. At the end of the day, these rankings are rankings. It's not going to affect who he is going to, Notre Dame. But the fact that on three is so different than rivals, ESPN 24-7, it does catch your attention. Who knows? Maybe they're going to be right at the end of the day. We'll have to wait and see. But I also want to play one more clip because this caught my ear. I actually listened to this interview after the show last night, and I had to go back and listen to this twice because in the midst of Charles Powers, on three, director of scouting and rankings, talking about C.J. Carr, he brought up another Notre Dame quarterback already on the roster that he is very high on. Give a listen.
4: If you were to put Kenny Minchie in this quarterback class, this cycle, which I think this twenty twenty four cycle is, um, really like lacks the, the depth that that we saw from twenty twenty three at the same stage. I think if you were to put Kenny Minchie in this cycle, he's a guy who would probably be knocking as like a top one hundred type of prospect. Really? Um, yeah. Like 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 with with him, the biggest thing with Kenny Minchie, like like we ranked Kenny Minchy as a four star when he was committed to Pitt, um, and like I think the biggest thing with him. I think he would have had more potential to rise had he played, either played more of a senior year, I think he played four games, or had we gotten to see him in an all-star setting again, um, you know, coming out of the senior year. But um, it would not like, I, I, I would probably put him as the favorite in the clubhouse to be like the, the quarterback of the future at Notre Dame, um, it's just in my opinion. Like, I think I'm like really bullish on him. I think he showed the positive signs. I think he would have liked a, like a little bit higher, like a little bit larger sample size but um, I, I really am a fan of his, and I think, um, I think you might look back on his ranking and say a guy, he, he's a guy who should have been higher. All
3: right, so if Minchie is in this recruiting cycle, he is much more highly thought of in terms of rankings. This year's quarterback class weaker than last year's. And how about the comment that he made? In his opinion, one person's opinion whose job is to evaluate talent day in and day out, Powers believes that Kenny Minchie is the leader in the clubhouse as the future Notre Dame quarterback. And that's with C.J. Carr on the roster. That caught me off guard. Wasn't expecting to hear that. You don't hear too many people put Minchie ahead of Carr, but it is very possible if Notre Dame does not go out and get a grad transfer quarterback again next year, Jelly, Minchie, Carr are your candidates. Jelly has the most experience in the system. It'll be three years, Minchie two years, and Carr will be just walking into it. So Carr will be at a disadvantage from that standpoint. But if Minchie is that good with the way Powers expects him to be, that sort of changes our thoughts on the quarterback competition once we get to the 2024 campaign and the battle for the 12 college football playoff spots get underway. I just want to bring that up. Not many people will put Minchie ahead of Carr in these conversations. That's one person that did file that away for future reference. About a year from now, we'll be probably talking about a very interesting quarterback competition, and there might be another quarterback in the mix. Again, a veteran guy could be brought back in. But at some point, Got to get somebody developed here. That'll be a fun conversation, to say the least. All right, 523 at WSBT. Kyle Rudolph looks like he's going to spend a little more time in the broadcast booth. The former Notre Dame tight end is going to be someone it sounds like you're going to hear a lot of this fall. Now, did you watch any of the United States Football League? I did not personally. It's a nice option for football fans if you want to watch the XFL or the USFL. I just don't need that extra football league or two in the spring. Maybe you enjoyed it. If you did, maybe you caught Kyle as an analyst for USFL games. Well, now, according to Kyle, he told The Athletic that he is going to be a part of the Big Ten football broadcast teams on the NBC stations coming up this fall. Now, he's not going to be a part of that primetime game coming to NBC. The NBC A-team of Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge will have the call of those contests, primetime NBC. It sounds like Rudolph might be a part of the B-team, and a lot of those games will be broadcast on Peacock. There is not a play-by-play voice yet for those Peacock games. I've already heard from people on Twitter. Well, if Kyle Rudolph is going to be calling games on NBC, why not Notre Dame football? That is a great question. As you would expect, that's out of my pay grade. That's not in my jurisdiction. Do you make a good point? Absolutely you do. The Jack Collinsworth-Jason Garrett combination has been mediocre at best. It would be great to have someone like Kyle to add a little juice to the broadcast, but maybe that will happen down the line. Maybe he works his way into that spot. Who knows, Garrett might get back into coaching at some point. That's been rumored now for a couple of years, but at least for now, you got Collinsworth and Garrett back with Notre Dame football as something changes and Kyle Rudolph, you might hear him on Peacock. Good for him. For the second straight day, I've got to leave in the green room my Notre Dame hockey Conversation on their non-conference schedule, but we're running short on time. So you know what? We'll bump it again. That's like the Johnny Carson Tonight Show. We'll bump that to tomorrow's hat trick of opening topics. And I promise we'll have plenty of time to talk about that on tomorrow's program. 5:26 is the time here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. What in the world are the Chicago Cubs going to do? On the fringe of the pennant race, the trade deadline is coming up. We'll get the opinions of a guy who covers the Chicago Cubs daily from Bleacher Nation. Brian Smith joins me next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: You don't know how to play first base.
0: It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, Wash. It's incredibly hard.
1: Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Every time you play one off your hips, you owe me 40 sit-ups. On sports radio 960 WSBT.
0: Hey you guys, don't throw me anything. My girlfriend put a curse on my glove.
1: Here's your host, Darren Pritchett.
0: Get oligad the ball around the end.
1: You know what that makes you. Hurry!
0: locked.
3: Well, Major League Baseball and the South Bend Cubs just about ready to get restarted with the quote unquote second half of their season. South Bend will be at Quad Cities tomorrow night. Hear the game right here on WSBT Radio for the Chicago Cubs. They are back home to take on the Boston Red Sox tomorrow night. The Cubs are 42 and 47 7 games out of first place in the National League Central. You look at the wild card standings are in the middle of the pack. Right now, six and a half games out of that final wild card spot, which right now is in the possession of the San Francisco Giants. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks for the Cubs as we head toward that August 1st trade deadline. Are they in? Are they out? Who might be on the move? Let's talk about some of those storylines right now. Brian Smith joins the program, a writer for BleacherNation.com. They cover all things Chicago Cubs and When I was doing the South Bend Cub games, Brian was a great resource on Twitter and on that Bleacher Nation site to keep up to date on prospects and all storylines. So, Brian, really a great chance to get to talk to you on my show here. And I guess also say thank you for all that information through the years that helped my Cubs broadcast.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, a really interesting time to talk Cubs baseball, I think.
3: Well, I laid it out for you as you take a look at where the Cubs sit right now and with the trade deadline looming, does your opinion on what the Cubs should do, do you think it's going to correlate with ultimately what Jeb Hoyer decides to do?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess I think it's going to correlate the most with really what happens in the next two weeks here. I think, I think the Cubs are right between the point where you would want to think about buying and right at the point where you might think about selling too. So there's going to be these, these games, the next two weeks have an outsized importance to what teams are normally used to and, you know, if the Cubs are three games closer to either the wild card or the division in two weeks, then they probably, you know, get a couple players at the deadline and, and act as buyers. And if they're, you know, if they find themselves eight, nine games back. You know, we might be looking at a at a trade or two with outgoing players again on the north side.
3: It almost seems like Brian. It's hard to right now say that we're going to be sellers when you look at the top of the NL Central. The Reds are exciting; they got all this young talent, but they haven't been through a pennant race. And the Brewers just don't excite Mm -hmm. you. They're they're just a team that seems to be winning because nobody else is winning right now in the NL Central. So. I guess as someone that follows the Cubs and being a Cub fan, it
1: here is a swing and a drive toward Baby deep. Oh boy, it is gone off the reservation. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat.
0: Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far outta have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think?
1: On sports radio 960 WSBT. Just like to thank you for that waitress in South Bend. You know who she is. Here's your host. Darren preach it. You can
3: put it. On yeah. It is 616 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT, your home of the Fighting Irish. for streaming live at WSBTradio.com, our free WSBT radio app and a live video feed right now on the Twitch app. But once again this week, I want to spotlight travel baseball programs in the area. I want parents to find out about these programs and we have some outstanding programs in our area and I can vouch for this next one as my son is a part of this program and it is fantastic highly recommend it And I'm not being paid to say that. I'm not getting a discount either, but I'm just being totally honest with you. It is the Landsharks baseball program, and the owner of this program is Shane Bays, and he joins me here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT to talk about the program and the upcoming tryouts as we look ahead to 2024. Shane, good to talk to you. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks, Darren. Greatly appreciate your time. and want to talk about your program for a couple of moments but first you recently purchased the Land Sharks organization what got you interested in being the owner of the Land Sharks travel program which has been around for a long time and, and what were you looking to accomplish
2: Well I actually uh, have been involved with the Land Sharks since um, my son was in 10U and which is now 17U um, the owners the old owners one of the owners actually was lives in my neighborhood I was probably his pain in the butt coach that used to send him 10 emails a year uh, requesting that we change things and do different things and we should do this and we could do better at this. And um, right after COVID um, one of my emails that I sent him was my response was, well, why don't you buy me out? And Hmm. I really had never thought about it until then. Um, But I was like, okay, let's, let's talk about this. So um, obviously I, I have a passion for baseball and um, really, really love helping kids. So it was a lot of my complaints to him were in that regard that I thought we could, you know, we could do better as an organization and, and helping these kids in different situations. Um, so that, that was my goal, um, to, try to, to try to take what they had already done for the last 10 years and, and, and try to better it every year that I own it and um, see where it would go.
3: So you don't mind when a coach sends you 10 emails in a two week span <laughs> I
2: know I, I I know that I was that guy so I, <laughs> I, I know how to respond <laughs> so,
3: well I'll tell you what um, Shane when when a youngster signs up to be a part of the land sharks travel program what are your expectation from your coaches that are going to be trying to improve the talents of those individuals
2: well it's a good question we at tryouts every year, I've, I've kind of sold the, the same thing. Um, you know, we can all sit here and say that, hey, our goal is to get your kid to play college baseball, and, and I think that's a little unrealistic, um, especially at a young age, to, to, tell, to tell guys that. Um, I, I look at it as we're trying to check three boxes for you when they're young. Um, those boxes are um, did he have fun, did he get better, and does he want to play baseball next year? I think a lot of kids at young ages quit, quit playing the sport just because the sport is hard. We all know that, yeah. and um, it takes a toll on you mentally. Um, and it, it hurts me to, to hear that the kids quit playing the sport because of that. Um, I think that's, that's the promise that we make. And when the kids get a little older, the goal obviously is, hey, we're trying to get you on your high school team and we're trying to get you ready to play your high school or make your high school team, I think the facilities that we offer and what we give gives them the opportunity to do that. Um, And then at the next level, if those kids at at high school level decide, hey, I want to play college baseball, that's a different talk. Um, That's why I say it's hard to guarantee or to make a promise to a kid that you can get him into any college because I think it's, it's unrealistic because that really comes down to the work ethic of the kid. And how much work he's willing to put in, I can give him everything he needs in front of him, but I can't make him go there. Hmm. And I think I think there's a lot of misinterpretation out there of, of programs that that like to sell that, and I, yep. I think it's really un- unrealistic.
3: I agree with you. The owner of the Land Sharks baseball program, Shane Bays, my guest here on WSBT Radio. Shane, is it tough to balance? You're here to develop players. The coaches in your program are there to make these kids better, let them have fun. But at the same time, it's also fun to win a lot of games. And the more you win, the deeper you get into bracket play, the more at-bats, the more opportunities, the more exposure you get for the older kids. So is it tough to balance, we're here to develop, but also wanting to experience a winning culture?
2: Oh, absolutely. And at a younger age, I think it's even harder. Um, At a young age, you know, I tell my coaches and I tell the parents when I meet with them when they're first a team that I really don't care how many games we win. The boxes that I told you about checking are what we're trying to do. And that's fine and dandy to parents and to me and to the coaches, but we know as little guys, they care about winning on Sunday and they care about that little ring that they're going to win or that little trophy that that means nothing 10 years from now because no one's going to know that you won X tournament on this weekend, ten years from now, but for the little guys to be happy or or girls, because we have softball too, um, that that actually means something. So that it's it's tough to balance to to balance that, because when you're putting together teams, some teams when you're putting them together, you're telling them this is who we are. We're going to play these events until we prove we can do, till we can work hard enough to get better to play the next event. And then when you're the when you're that team that goes to the bigger events you know skipping all the way to like high school events um and you got colleges there to look at you yes winning games matters because you're trying to be around long enough that a kid gets an opportunity to be in front of one of these schools or gets. you know if you're throwing a kid on wednesday and he's a po maybe you're trying to get him back in a game on monday after if he didn't throw a lot of pitches so he gets a second look it it definitely it's, it's really hard to balance that for sure um and, and honestly, it, it really comes down to uh, selecting good parents and good kids, and as long as they're buying into the to what you're telling them, and this is our goal, and everyone's on the same page, it works. And, and I'm not going to tell you that everybody always buys in. I mean, we you know we have obviously I get phone calls all the time with with unhappy parents um, about you know a number of different things. Um, we have 300 and I think I have 337 kids in the program this year. Wow! And um, I think I've had seven phone calls so far this year. So I I take that as a win. Yeah. Um, I, you know, that that's a lot of parents. That that kid number is usually times two. So um, there's you know there's a lot there can be a lot of complaints. So I think we're doing a good job of uh, at least giving them what we're what we're telling them we're giving them.
3: Shane, in the Landsharks program, and please include softball as well if you'd like, but what are the age groups? For parents that have youngsters, when can they start being a part of the Landsharks program, and and how far do they go into the program as they get into high school?
2: So baseball starts at 8U. We had two 8U teams this year, so that's a machine pitch level. Um, live pitch starts 9U. We had um, 9U teams all the way through 18U this year. Um wow. We actually had an 18-U team that um, we had some 17s that were with us for a few years. All those 18s are committed players, and they decided they wanted to play four tournaments before they went to college. So um, Coach Pfizer took those guys this summer and went around and played four nice events and and got them some work before they go off to school. Hmm. On the softball side, we start at 9U, and we go all the way through high school age. Softball kind of works in two-year intervals, so when we're 9 10 when they get to be 11 12 those are hard ages so the 11s that's like their first year they they're probably a young 12 so they're playing up and there's more 12 u tournaments 13s and 14s kind of works the same thing 13s an odd year for softball so those girls are usually playing 14 u events and you know it's rough on them the first year because they're playing older girls obviously it makes them better when they come and they turn into be when they're 14 years old and gets them ready for the next year when they become freshmen in high school
3: We're talking about the Landshark Travel Baseball Program with owner Shane Bays here on WSBT Radio. Of course, the coaches in the Landsharks organization have a chance to work with their teams before the high school seasons get underway. But, of course, in these parts, you better have a roof over the top or it's going to be awfully cold. So what is the advantage that you feel like you have, Shane, with the indoor facility you have to offer for your teams? Yeah, the indoor
2: facility is nice. So we have a location in Niles, Michigan, 12,000 square foot with eight cages and an 80 by 80 indoor area that we can do small throwing, throwing drills, fielding drills for for all ages. Actually, um, we all actually work our speed and agility program out in that area, along with the driveline program that we we throw for the older kids. With obviously with the weather, it's nice that even though the teams are only getting one. They get one practice a week starting from January all the way till we get outside. The high school teams obviously can only practice up till like the first of March once high school season's declared started. They're not allowed to practice with each other, but it usually gives them about eight good workouts before they get outside. Um, the other big advantage for us with that building is that it's a key coded building that everyone has access to 24 7. So when there is not teams there, a parent can take a kid up and do a machine or do soft toss or do ground balls are pitched live the kid wants to throw a bullpen he can go up there with a buddy they have access to that all the time I I think if if they have the work ethic and they want to you know they get in high school and they want to put in that work that building's always there for them to to get better and I think that's a, that's a huge advantage
3: and you touched on this a second ago but maybe a little more info Landsharks players during the offseason season there are some opportunities to get involved in programs that might help them with the game of baseball, softball, maybe their strength, their quickness, whatever the case may be, there are other opportunities.
2: Yeah, so we started a couple years ago. I, um, I reached out to a speed and agility guy, Ray Perkins. Ray's um, well-known around the area, works with basketball stars, used to work with Sky Diggins. Um, he, he came in, and, and we did a younger program, and then we did an advanced program two nights a week, Um, that he did speed and agility. That was included in our fees so the kids could come and take advantage of that. Um, They didn't have to pay anything extra. We also in the fall do a throwing driveline program and a long toss program that starts in October um, for strengthening arms and arm care. Um, That starts in October, runs 10 to 11 weeks, usually right up till about Christmas time. And then we shut that down until um, teams start practicing. And then the kids that are involved in that have access to the building to come do band work, stretching. After, we're not doing another class while we're practicing, but they they learn all those things that they can they can carry on through the season. Uh, we also have catching, pitching, and hitting camps that we run in the fall at the indoor uh, with some of our coaches. Some of our high school guys that coach high school teams that run those for us. Um, those are those are things that they can do, and we also extend that out to non-land sharks that's on our website that we we actually offer non-land shark kids to come take advantage of that and last year we had a really good um really good feedback from non-land sharks that came and and took advantage of a lot of those classes
3: shane even though we're talking about baseball in july of 2023 we're always looking ahead in travel baseball to the next season which would be 2024, and that means tryouts are probably coming up in your organization. Give our listeners some details on tryouts, website with more information, kind of take it from there.
2: Yeah, uh, tryouts actually start on Wednesday 726 is our first round. Uh, We go 726, 727, and 729 for our first three nights of tryouts at the Edwardsburg Sports Complex. We actually partnered up with Ed- Edwardsburg Sports Complex about seven years ago um, when they started building that facility for kids. Uh, the baseball quad was completed uh, two and a half years ago. We have a lease with them to use those those four fields as our practice facility and run tournaments in the summertime. But also a huge advantage to have your own outdoor field, let alone have an indoor facility. And that's where the trials will be taking place um, in Edwardsburg Alpha US 12. And website the website yeah. that we have is uh, that you can find tryout information is sharkbaseball.com. Uh, that is our website, um, and all the tryout information is posted on the website.
3: All right, so sharkbaseball.com. Uh, sorry,
2: sorry. Yep, it's at, it's actually shkbaseball.com. Okay. Cool Hard Knocks Baseball abbreviation.
3: Okay, shkbaseball.com for all the information on the Landshark Baseball Program and tryouts coming up, gosh, in a little over a week as we look ahead to the 2024 campaign. Well, Shane, thanks for doing this and a big fan of your son Chase who plays in Marion and He's got some big things ahead of him, I know. So good luck to him, and thank you for your time. And if any folks have any more questions about Landsharks baseball, they can go to shkbaseball.com, and I know you'll take care of them.
2: Yes, I appreciate it, Darren. Thanks for your time tonight.
3: You bet. Thank you. Shane Bay is the owner of the Landsharks baseball travel program, also softball as well. Highly recommended. Go to their website, shkbaseball.com. At 631, we'll take a timeout. Sports beat continues at a moment on Sports Radio 960 WS.
1: A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett.
3: It is 636 on your home of the Fighting Irish and the South Bend Cubs, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're being brought to you by Budweiser for 13 years. Folds of Honor and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in Raising a Bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. We're also brought to you by Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash SolidGround for details. Also by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the Family Inn, and by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues. At 6:37, maybe you've heard our promos or recently when I talked about this, but very excited that in 13 days, two weeks from yesterday, it's going to be the return of my old co-host Eric Hansen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Now a part of the Rivals family, as he is co-owner of the Inside Notre Dame Sports website. You can check out his work at that particular website, InsideIndieSports.com. And Eric, a Hall of Fame writer, co-host of this program for, I think, around nine years. And he's coming back to join me a couple of times a week, starting on Wednesday, July the 26th. He'll be joining me for the 5 o'clock hour here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I am really, really excited to get Eric back with me and offer his great perspective On Notre Dame football, we'll have some fun, some good discussions as we get set for a brand new Fighting Irish football season. And I would imagine when Eric joins the program once again on the 26th, right around the time, give or take a few days, that Notre Dame football will get started with their fall camp as they get set for a Week 0 matchup, the first matchup of the college football season. Notre Dame taking on Navy in Dublin. And... It's going to be fun to see the Irish with Sam Hartman at quarterback. That'll be our first glimpse in a real game of the new number 10, Sam Hartman running Jared Parker's offense. As we have a new play caller, new quarterback, a lot to learn about the fighting Irish in the month of September. And of course, in this case, in late August, August 26th, right here on WSBT Radio, 2.30 Eastern time kickoff the Fighting Irish taking on Navy. But first things first, welcome Eric back to the program in 13 days on Wednesday, July the 26th, during the 5 o'clock hour here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, Notre Dame football today. Marcus Freeman, the head coach of the Irish, among 21 head coaches selected for the 2023 Dodd. National Coach of the Year preseason watch list. Freeman, of course, in his first season in charge of the Irish, led them to a 9-4 campaign, a turnaround season after those disappointing losses to Marshall and Stanford. Kept the team together. They got better and ended up 9-4, including that wild and wacky Gator Bowl win over South Carolina. So some nice recognition for Marcus Freeman, who will be throwing out the first pitch at City Field tomorrow night as the New York Mets are back in action after the All-Star break, and Marcus is going to throw out the first pitch. He's already thrown out a first pitch at Guaranteed Rate Field before a White Sox game, threw an awfully good pitch there. Let's see if he can go two for two as he will don a Mets jersey, I would assume, on the hill tomorrow night at City Field. Pretty nice when you're the head coach of the Fighting hours. You get to do a lot of those fun things, and Marcus will have an opportunity to show off that right arm once again at City Field tomorrow night. And in terms of Major League Baseball, the 24 schedule came out. We just talked about travel baseball tryouts coming up in the next couple of weeks, looking ahead to next year. Well, we can already tell you that the 24 Major League Baseball schedule is out, and the Chicago Cubs will open their season in a place where it's going to be really warm. That's a good thing on opening day. They're going to take on the Texas Rangers in Arlington. That game will be on March the 28th, opening day for the Cubs. And after a three-game set in Texas, the Cubs will come home. Their home opener will be on April Fool's Day as they take on the Colorado Rockies. For the Chicago Cubs, I'm sorry, for the Chicago White Sox and the Detroit Tigers, They will score off in their opening series of the 2024 season. Also on March the 28th, guaranteed rate field. The Detroit Tigers will be at the Chicago White Sox. I am really curious to know how different the White Sox roster will look on opening day next year compared to the one that will take the field tomorrow down in Atlanta on July 14th with the trade deadline on August the 1st. There might be a few names shipped off that White Sox roster as they try to figure out how to get back on track and back to the top of the AL Central. Sure seemed like the roster they had built could do that, but it has not worked out for the Southsiders. So they'll open up next year, March 28th, at home against the Tigers. And the Tigers' first home game next year, they have to wait until April 5th at Comerica Park for the Tigers to take the field against those Oakland Athletics. So... Major League Baseball has not crowned a champion for 23, but we already know the schedule for 24. And once again, you'll play everybody in Major League Baseball in a three-game series. Some of the rivalry matchups will be four-game series. So we've got another season of you're going to play everybody in baseball. The Cubs, for example, all the America League teams, they played at home this year. They will play on the road next year and vice versa. So we have that to look forward to in 2024. But we have to get through the trade deadline and some pennant rate baseball before we get to opening day 2024. It is 643. We'll take a timeout. We've got Sizzler coming up next, our sports wagering segment. Budweiser's weekday sports feed on your home of the fighting Irish sports radio, 960 WSBT.
0: Hey everyone. Saltgrass steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouthwatering, char-grilled certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous spicy range rattlers all made daily in the scratch kitchen. Start making delicious memories at saltgrass Mishawaka. 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.